think you're special? What? 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 I want to know why. What? Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. What? Give me a hell yeah! What? And that's the bottom line! Cause no, no, just Welcome everyone to the most must-see podcast of all time. Welcome to Good Friends. Better enemies. That was better. That's that's good stuff. What's going on, guys? It is your host with the most, the god that runs the pod, Mike Canatella, along here with my wonderful friend, marvelous Mark Olivero. How's everybody doing? Uh, How are you doing, Mark? That's the big question here. How are you doing? I'm really happy that we're doing this today. So, this was brought to me by Mark, this specific special episode here, and uh, I, I jumped on the idea. I think it's a great idea, um, and we are doing a 316-day special uh, Stone Cold episode where it's going to be, you know, not like a full-length episode, I guess, per se, but we're running down our top five favorite non-WrestleMania Stone Cold matches. Um, I repeat, non-WrestleMania because this would have been so much harder had we had to, and I may feel like it would have all been WrestleMania matches. Matches, perhaps we would i mean i literally would have had 20 matches on this list this it, was really hard. this was hard to narrow it down to five non-wrestlemania matches adding wrestlemania matches it's impossible yeah uh, all right before we get into the top five matches uh let's talk really quickly now austin came out and gave like a little uh announcement on why he decided to come out of wrestlemania i just want to drop this really quickly and just talk about it briefly um what do you feel? Do you, are you a little bit more satisfied with hearing how he he enabled the the segment? Are you still up in arms about it? Give me your thoughts real quick. His promos made me feel a little better about it. At first, I was not really that excited about it. Oh. But him saying, you know, this is more for the fans, and I didn't like the way I went out, and uh, this is more for me, actually. Uh, I actually like that. I, I still wish it wasn't Kevin Owens. <laughs> And I'm not, I don't want to shit on the guy because he is, I like Kevin Owens. But I feel like, hey, we got what we got. And, it, you know, I feel like nobody's going to be happy unless it was The Rock or something like that anyway. And that's probably not going to happen again. So, Well, I think that's the, that's the biggest uh, tidbit here is that I, I really think no matter, and again, this is just with any wrestling fan. I don't even think it's with you or myself. Anytime you do anything in the wrestling industry, Case in point, Cody Rhodes has a fish apparently, quote unquote, officially signed with WWE. There are people that love the idea. There are people that hate the idea. Anytime a wrestler does anything, it is done under a severe microscope and it is overanalyzed to shit. And I think that's exactly what's happening here with the Stone Cold thing. There are guys that love the idea. Uh, personally, I think it's not the best idea, but I'm excited to see the guy back in the ring, um, especially with somebody who I love and respect as much as Kevin Owens. But then there's people that are in the middle of the road where I think is where Mark lands. You know, he's excited to see Stone Cold. He's not really excited that it's with Kevin Owens. And then there's people on the other side of the fence where it's like, fuck off. This is stupid. I fucking hate Stone Cold. Well, yeah, I, but here's the thing. Because it's Austin, I think it's under a microscope. Yeah. If it was 
Cody Rhodes coming out and it was him versus Kevin Owens, people would be like, all right, I can accept that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's a cool thing because, you know, that's not Austin, but Austin's so big. <coughs> yeah. and, he, and, he, and he stayed so relevant over the last 20 years. Well, I think that's the biggest thing is some. So you have big guys that have come in, in and out of the company. And to say that most of them have stayed as relevant as Stone Cold it's impossible because I think you have three guys that are as relevant as Stone Cold, and that's The Undertaker, that is Hulk Hogan, and that is The Rock. Correct. And, I mean, I would I can't put Ric Flair in there because I feel like unless you're a massive wrestling fan, like when you hear the word Ric Flair or when you hear the name Ric Flair, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, Ric Flair used to wrestle. When you hear Hulk Hogan, Undertaker, Rock, and Austin – no, I don't care if you're like, you know, Joe Schmo that works behind at the 7-Eleven or if you're literally, you know, running promos at the, the Indie Wrestling Hall. You know those four names without a doubt. I feel like with, with Flair, um, he's more like a mainstay. Like right. he's been in and out of the company so many times. Yeah. So when you see him, like everybody, you know, woos and all that shit. Like yeah. we all love Flair, right? But when you hear that name, you don't get excited like right. when you hear Austin. Well that you know yeah, what I mean? I think that I think that's basically it is Flair has just overstayed his welcome at this point. Right. He kinda of tarnished his legacy a little bit in my opinion. No, I agree with you. And, and honestly Flair is one of my favorites of all time. Yeah, all right. Let's do this top five non WrestleMania Stone Cold Steve Austin matches. Um tough, man. I don't know I don't know why I did this to myself. <laughs> <laughs> this is a this was so this took me like a long time, and I changed this list at least five or six times. I was gonna say, I know I've stuck to my list. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie there. I've stuck to my guns. This is my list. I'm sticking with it. But I know you have been messaging me back and forth. Like, I think even <laughs> so. Fun fact: before we actually dive in, I know we said we're gonna dive in, but uh, we were in Jersey together over this past weekend, and uh, we were talking about this episode specifically a couple times, and we were getting people psyched up on lines that we were waiting for to get celebrity autographs and stuff, and. We were lit, like when I tell you when Mark and I are, are like in public together, it's just as bad or worse than when we're on this show. <laughs> people wanted to kill us on some lines, man. Well, I was gonna oh. say some lines people wanted to kill us, but we literally got so much hype because, like, yeah. dude, if your podcast is half as good as this is right here, what we were doing to each other, it was it was amazing. People were ready, man. They're like, oh, we got to tune into that. I was going to say, people were <laughs> loving all of it. Absolutely all of it. My girlfriend was arguing with Mark. They were screaming at each other. <laughs> like, Very true. But I, I like, bring that out of everybody. It, Mark brings the worst out in everybody. I do. <laughs> all right. Do you, uh, we're going to start with number five, obviously. Work our way down to one. Do you want to start or do you want me to start? You can kick it off. All right. I'm kicking off my number five favorite Stone Cold Steve Austin match, non-WrestleMania. With his SummerSlam 2001 battle with Kurt Angle. Um, what? That's my number five. Yes! <laughs> Let's do it! What the fuck? Let's fucking you go! You can't do that, you Let's son of a bitch. Let's fucking you go. At my list and you copy. Dude, what did I say? No looking at each other's list. I love. Oh, yeah, don't look at my list. Don't look at my list. <laughs> This match, man, I mean, when I went back and I watched this match, I was like, because I had to dig through some Stone Cold archives to find my five favorite. This match was so good between two of my favorite, your favorite, I know that. Um, but these guys just really gave it to each other. And watching two incredible athletes go at it, dude, it was a bloodbath. It was insane. The heel finish by Austin, everything from start to finish. Again, such a great match by Stone Cold. Yeah, and I feel like he got to wrestle. He was like, he dominated this match. Mm-hmm. 
the shit out of Kurt. As a heel? But, yeah, as a heel, but he couldn't keep Kurt down. That was what I loved about I it, man. Kurt just would not stay down in I this know. match. This, if Stone Cold's entire heel run consisted of this style, right. we'd be having a completely different conversation last week and going forward, to be honest with you. Yeah, but, I 100%. Uh, my God, man. Um, what do you want to put in on this match? Because, I mean, we obviously like both a, have it at number five. A rating? I mean, no, I'm just saying, like, obviously it's your, you know, on the, there's no rate. I guess if you want to give it a star rating, if you want. If or, I'm going to give this a, a rating, it's a four out of five. Four out of five. Yeah, because, I mean, they both got showcased great in this match. But I feel like Austin was wrestling a certain way during his heel run. And in this one, he got to really come back to being an ass kicker. Mm-hmm. For a little bit. I, I know people, um, I've read interviews where people critique this. They didn't like that. Austin kind of got, you know, to wrestle as a face kind of in this match. Yeah, but would you say it was a face? Because, I mean, I guess you could argue both sides, right? And let's argue, let's let's play the face game. Um, okay. So was Austin really wrestling a face match by the traditional well, sense? Austin was never really a face, there we but, go. I, but I mean a face for him. You know what okay. I mean? Like, this was going back to his style before he made the heel turn. Yeah. Where he was dominant. I mean, he was on fire in this match. Mm-hmm. He was on fire during this whole year. It's a shame that the promos made him look like a, a little coward. I, I was going to say, so honestly, like, when, when you look back at his heel run, his promos were really what dug him into a hole. But I will say, and I watched it the other day, one of my favorite promos is I think it was for Team WWE versus Team WCW at the Invasion pay-per-view, and Vince is given the prep talk, and Austin just keeps repeating the last <laughs> line that Vince says. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that The Undertaker had to hide his face because he was laughing was just absolutely incredible. Like, I feel like Stone Cold is the only guy that can get The Undertaker to crack. Well, when he slaps Undertaker on the chest, he goes, yeah, come on, and Undertaker's <laughs> like, do that again, you're going to pull back a nub. <laughs> you know, that whole thing was... I mean, but once again, it's it's hard as an Austin fan, if you follow him from the beginning, to see that. Because yeah. the old Austin would have gotten Undertaker's face and said, well, come on, do it. Oh, absolutely. Seeing him cower down is so weird to me, still, like, till this day. No, I know, I know. All right, so we both have Kurt Angle, Austin, SummerSlam 2001 as number five. Any last comments before we move to our number four? No, just a great match, man. One of the one of the best of all time, in my opinion. Go watch this match if you guys haven't. Again, SummerSlam 2001, probably, actually, you know what? Not probably, match of the night in this pay-per-view, without a doubt. Oh, hands down. We'll, hands we'll down. cover that one day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, we will. All right, Mark, what's your number four match? My number four was Austin vs. Rock at Backlash 99. Oh, good one, and I don't have yeah. that, and so there we go. Okay. Okay, great. I'm great because I wanted to. I wanted to touch on some matches that I think people forgot about. Right. And I feel like that's one of them because WWE doesn't really ever talk about. It. They always talk about his WrestleManias with The Rock. Well, I was gonna say like this was. If correct me if I'm wrong, this was literally right after WrestleMania, wasn't it? Yeah, they started building this right after 15. Okay. And you know what? These guys went at each other's necks in this match. I mean, if. If Austin was going to lose the title, mm-hmm. if I ever thought he was going to lose the title, it was in this match. I mean, The Rock was so neck and neck with him. And The Rock actually came out to a face pop, and he was healed. That's how much he yeah. was loved. Now, this, I mean, Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm, no, I'm, they just built The Rock up beautifully in this build-up to this match. This is the build-up when he threw Austin off the bridge and all that stuff. I mean, it was just the oh, idea. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he had the, uh, the trailer park trash uh, funeral. I mean, just yes. great shit. I mean, they really built the rock up nice, man. 
I this mean, is the one, correct me if I'm wrong, where they were fighting in the aisle and they had those like backlash hooks in the aisle and they were yes. beating the Okay, yeah, this was a brutal match too. Awesome match, man. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I, I, you know, once again, I don't like run-ins. I wish Shane didn't. <laughs> he wasn't a runner because he was the ref. Yeah. But I don't like the, you know, Vince, uh, the whole Vince and Shane. They always got to be involved in every fucking thing I love. Well, this but. was the, I mean, again, so yes, you're right. I mean, I, I don't mind run-ins as much as you do, but this was definitely during a time where Vince was really trying to fuck Austin. And yeah. all he, his entire life and reputation was staked no. on giving Austin the, you know, what's up? Well, no, in this one, Vince is the one that gives Austin the title. Shane's trying to fuck Austin in this one. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. My bad. Wait, really? Yeah. Yeah. So, it. So yeah, I think Vince was kind of, I think he, if I remember right, he was doing like a face turn. Okay. And he was the one that came down when Shane was trying to fuck Austin. You remember he used to do the two count then at the last Oh, and then he, he gave him the finger? The finger. Yes. Yeah, so okay. he did that. He did that twice. He did that here and he did that in Survivor Series 98. Okay. Vince was the one that came down and kind of clocked Shane. And then gave Austin the belt, which I thought was, you know. Okay. Nice. All right. Interesting tidbits there. I actually completely forgot most of that match, so I'm going to have to go back and watch that That's what I'm saying. It's a forgotten gem. It's great. Yeah. And you know what? And they have a bunch of other ones. They have, you know, DX97. Oh, yeah. They they have a bunch of them that are awesome, and nobody ever talks. They have that match on Raw in '98. I mean, the, these the guys place... have went at it basically over there. These guys are probably one of the greatest rivalries of all time. Yeah, but see, this mm. match is is my uh, what I have a problem with Austin's heel turn mm-hmm. because see that the Rock is heel here. Yeah, but the Rock gets to not be a coward. He was neck yeah. and neck with Austin during this feud, and he didn't have to cower down. He was right. a bad badass heel, and he. Was I mean, if you like I said, if you ever thought Austin was gonna lose the title to somebody, it was The Rock. Yeah, no, without a doubt. All right, so this next one for me, my number four might actually upset you, knowing who you are. Um, But honestly, I feel like it just has to be on here just because of what the match represents as far as Stone Cold's character and uh, credibility. Um, It is SummerSlam '97, the Intercontinental Title match against Owen Hart. Yeah, and uh, I'll break it down. It showed how gutsy Stone Cold is. Um, It was a great match between these two worker horses, honestly. And I think Owen, up until obviously that nasty spot, was really just working well with Stone Cold. And I I loved the match from start till obviously, you know, what we know as the finish. Um, But the fact that not only did... uh, did Stone Cold continue the match, finish the match, win the match? Granted, yeah, we get it. The The roll-up pin was awkward as fuck. But it showed how Owen on the fly could really just um, navigate and really show, you know, how good of a heel he was to work the crowd while the ref is trying to figure out what the fuck is going on with Austin. Dude, Austin broke his fucking neck so bad that it almost ended his career. He walks out of this match. Like, literally gets the fuck up and walks out. The, the the balls the size of grapefruits this guy has to to he has no feeling in his in, in his in his legs and his arms and he still manages that shit roll up but he still did it Dude, that's, that's what all, I'm saying that's all heart right there man like you can't get you don't get that from and anybody. here's what here's what gets me so much and this is why I love the IC title the IC title to me has so much more value to a lot of guys than the world heavyweight title. And I feel like Stone Cold wanting to be the Intercontinental Champion at this time gave him that that gusto to just be like, I'm finishing this goddamn match. 
I feel like he was so pissed because he knew how close he was. Because obviously, yes, we're we're not stupid. It's all predetermined. They both went into that match knowing who was going out. And I think Austin didn't want to lose that opportunity. And what's even better is Austin kept up his credibility while his neck was broken, showed up, did what he could. And when he was able to really stun people, he started giving passing out stunners left and right. Yeah. This and, guy... Uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. No, no, go, uh, go. But the the... What I, I didn't put this on my list because it, it makes me sad when I, I think know. about it because I, I'm thinking about the matches that we missed out on in 97. Yeah. When he could have defended his title. I and I, I feel like the, there could have been monster feuds there and we just couldn't get them. You know, and it just makes me sad, you know, when I think about it. No, and uh, I'm not like I really tossed around putting this match or Survivor Series with Brett in on this spot right here. And I ultimately went with this because I feel at the end of the day, this really just showed. And I feel and I can obviously, you know, I can uh, I can't use I can't remember the term that I'm looking for, but I, I can speculate essentially that this situation here gave Austin that that slingshot into the main event. Because it showed Vince and everybody just how much heart this son of a bitch has. Yeah, in my opinion, going into this match is when he took over as the top face of the company. Yeah. If you listen to the pop from that crowd when he came out in 97 at SummerSlam, that place erupted. Dude, that, you, and that that was my favorite entranceway, too, because they had that pane of glass oh, in front so of the cool. entranceway and would break every single time. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, this is the one where it didn't break and he had to kick it. Or was I think that, that Survivor was, Series? That might have been Survivor Series okay. 97. Okay. But, uh, but this one uh, is the first pay-per-view match I saw where he was getting those monster pops. Oh, this insane. is where it started. That yeah. summer of 97 mm-hmm. is where he took over. And honestly, if you think back to January of the same year when he was running house on the Royal Rumble, that is the day that I fell in absolutely in love with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, the Royal Rumble 1997. Because that just showed, that was my, when when I saw Ric Flair in 92, and I was like four, eight, seven, eight, nine, I was like five years old, right? Four or five years old. Watching Ric Flair run rough shot throughout the 1992 Royal Rumble, I said, that's my guy right there. And my grandfather was like super stoked because that was his favorite guy. And now here we come, 97, and here's this guy, Stone Cold Steve Austin, doing basically the same thing that Ric Flair did in 1992. Yeah, great. Greatness. All right. Match number three. Who do you want to go first? Uh, I'll go. Um, my third match was Austin versus Undertaker at Buried Alive. At, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, at Rock Bottom 98. Oh, Buried good Alive. match. Good match. Awesome match. I mean, this is the one that does another one from them. They, they, Undertaker's the only guy I think he's faced every year during his run. 96, 97, 98, 99. 2000, when he came back, he had a triple threat with Undertaker and yeah. Kane. Uh, 2001, 2002. So he's had a feud with Undertaker every single year, and they always talk about SummerSlam '98, which I think is their worst match. That is absolutely their best build, worst match. Yeah, amazing build, but their worst match ever. I mean, it was yeah. like, but uh, this match was a war, man. Yeah. They beat the shit out of each other in this match. I mean, I didn't like the my one problem with it was the Kane. Yeah. <laughs> helping Austin bury him. But you know what? Whatever. At the time, it, it fit the storyline. I was going to say, it, it was uh, it was very apropos for what was happening. Yeah, but I loved it, man. Th- um, this is one of their better matches. What I was going to originally put here was their match from um, 99 when Austin won the title back okay. from him. Remember, he lost that. Oh, yeah. I think it was over the edge of fully loaded <laughs> in that first and then in the first blood match, then he won it back on Raw the next yes. night or something. Yes, yes. That was, dude, the... the 
the match was awesome, and the crowd was on fire. Yes, it was. Match. I, you know, it's weird because I go back and I get, I know we're going to touch upon this pay-per-view at some point because it's such an iconic pay-per-view, but I go back and I watch the 1998 King of the Ring with the infamous Hell in a Cell match and the first blood match with Austin and Kane. It is so garbage. It is. It is and so I, garbage. And I said, that's the worst Mankind Undertaker match. Yes, that's the it's worst not one. good, people. Yeah, it's not a good match. It's it's literally Undertaker just beating the shit out of Foley, and that's it. It's 45 minutes of Undertaker on top of the cell while everybody's like, oh, my God, I think he's dead. By God, he's dead. That's they it. Such, they had such better wars than that one, man. All right. I don't want to get into yeah, – I don't want to drift a different, from a stone. Yeah, time. I just wanted to touch upon that real quick. No, you're right, though. All right. My number three match, and this might surprise a lot of people because they know that I'm not a WCW guy, but I had to put this match in here. The U.S. title match at Bash at the Beach 1994 against Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Okay. Why is this match on my list? Because, guys, if you never saw stunning Steve Austin or just Steve Austin in WCW, you need to go back and watch it. The Hollywood Blondes and stunning Steve Austin as a singles competitor – it shows you what we didn't get in his WWF run. It shows you how technically sound and in-ring, like how much in-ring depth this son of a bitch has. This guy has literally all of it. And when he came to WWF, he was, obviously he was injured. He was battered up. But he changed his wrestling style up because he knew he wasn't going to do, you know, the flying, you know, off the top rope and the high flying stuff that he was similar to doing in WCW and the the mat wrestling that he was doing. He wanted to be something different. He evolved. He changed it up. And guess what? Best fucking decision us wrestling fans ever got to be a part of. But you go back and watch Ricky the Dragon Steamboat is without a doubt one of the best in-ring like workers and technicians I've ever seen. Had literally some of the greatest matches of all time in every single company he was in. Uh, Macho Man WrestleMania 3 for the Intercontinental title. This one for the U.S. title with Steve Austin. It, it just shows these absolutely exceptional in-ring talents in their highest peak. And, you know, it, it's a 20-minute... Uh, match. It's a very long match, but honestly, it, it's really good. Just watching the the reversals and just you know d- just the in ring psyche that goes on between both of these guys. I feel like as young as Steve was, Ricky gave him a lot of goddamn credit in that match and helped him out, and that really elevated him to me. And I'm actually surprised he didn't go further in WCW, but I'm also glad because we got what we got out of it. I believe this is one of Austin's personal favorites also. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I've watched a couple of his interviews. He still touts this match as one of his favorites. Without I wonder doubt. how it is for him, uh, you know, since the post the neck surgery and all that, hmm. when he goes back and he watches his early career and he sees how fucking good he was. Oh, I'm sure it upsets the shit out of him, if you think about it, but... I think you think he upset somebody. You think he's proud. I think he's more oh, proud. Okay, so I wouldn't. I mean, obviously, he's going to be proud of how good he was, but I think it upsets him because it's so weird. Because I, I literally just said it. Like, it's weird because I would be upset because I couldn't do what I did then, but I was able to evolve into something else completely different. And again, that's why I love tri- uh, Triple H. That's why I love Chris Jericho so much because Chris Jericho in WCW was a cruiserweight. Yeah, he was flying he was. around the ring. He came comes over to WWF. He tries the cruiserweight stuff, but realizes, you know what? This isn't going to work here. So I'm going to have to change it up. And he does, and he excels at it. Another guy who I thought should have been a main eventer in WCW. I mean, honestly, we. It's funny because we talked about guys 
that uh, misuse talent in WWF. I want to do an episode, and this is the first time I'm even bringing it up to you. I want to talk about guys that came over to WWF and literally got like catapulted into stardom and were held back in WCW. Oh, we we could definitely do a reverse episode. People that's, that they actually did well. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Guys that excelled that. in WWF but were really held back in WCW. Oh, that's that's a long list too. So. I mean, yeah, it is. But honestly, we just talked about two of them: Stone Cold and uh, and Chris Jericho. But do you think that Vince would have used Austin correctly if he didn't have that little run in ECW? Because I feel like that's where he crafted the Austin 316 promo skills so the most. That was obviously, and that was what Heyman tried to work with Stone Cold the most in W in ECW. He said, "You." need and like Paul Heyman I feel like Stone Cold really still gives Paul Heyman the credit for bringing out that Stone Cold character in him because basically Heyman put a camera in front of him and says talk and let it all out and Austin did let it all out he basically showed that that really mean streak that 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 look in his eyes about how he was held back and he wanted to be something more and that promo in ECW is probably one of my favorite Stone Cold promos of all time I mean, it's iconic, and and there's a bunch yeah. of them. We dressed up as Hogan, dressed up as Bischoff, right? And he's he's burying them, right? But I'm and talking about the one where he just sat in front of the camera for like five oh, minutes and just at ripped like three o'clock in the morning, yeah, at three a.m. I call that the three a.m. promo. It's amazing. <laughs> Anybody okay. can shoot a promo like that at three in the morning. <laughs> yeah, but like even see Heyman, I love because Heyman right. has a vision that Vince doesn't have. Agreed. And I'm gonna say this live on the air. Agreed. Heyman could see guys coming from a mile away, and Vince can't. And I never got that. Yeah. Heyman has just a, a, a genius mind. He knew that what Austin had inside of him, and he brought it out of him. Mm-hmm. As to where Vince just like, oh, I'm going to use him as like a utility worker. I mean, if you and think I'm, back, I'm sorry, go ahead. What were you saying? No, I'm just saying he, he knows how to bring it out of guys that he knows that's in there. So when you go and look back, Heyman has put his name on a lot of guys over the years, and even... Excuse me. Even recently, I'm not even talking about Roman Reigns. I'm talking about guys like Cesaro, who a lot of people, a lot of people, guys, love Cesaro. Felt like he should have been world champion at some point in time, but he never did. A lot of guys felt that um, Kurt Hennig's son, um, God damn it, uh, Curtis Axel, was who's most recently known as, should have been better than he actually was. And Heyman, again, side, basically sided with him and tried to give him that elevated push, that touch of, of Heyman, but something just didn't click there. Heyman sees talent in a lot of these guys. And if you go back and you look at the, um, oh my God, I can't think of his name, uh, the name of his uh, stable in WCW. Oh. With the Dangerous the, Alliance. Yeah. Look at, the, look at the guys that were in the Dangerous Alliance. Yeah, great. I mean, he knew talent. And he knew he knew Austin was great back then in '94 or whatever year yeah. that was. And what about he's the reason why Edge got a main event push? Yes, he centered SmackDown around Edge yes. in, in 2003, 2002, whatever that was. And people give him shit over it, and they're like, "Well, Ed, no, no, no." First of all, let me tell you something: Edge, even right now with AJ Styles, what he's doing is amazing. This is Edge at his goddamn peak performance. Edge is amazing when he's a heel. Don't give me babyface Edge. I want heel Edge that is going to capitalize on every opportunity. He's the ultimate opportunist. He's amazing heel. He's a much better heel than he is a face. Absolutely, without a doubt. He excels, and you know what? And I love, like I said, I love Heyman, man. Heyman mm-hmm. is the reason why we got a lot of great guys to come into the main event picture. Yeah, I mean, you, I know, you know, I don't like him as much, but I know you really. Re- I, again, let me put this. Let me reverse that, and let me put it a different way. 
I respect the shit out of Rob Van Dam, but he's not on my favorites list. I know you love him. But, I love him. But Heyman saw the talent in, in Rob Van Dam. And Taz. He, again, another guy. All right, Dudley's, this is this is I turning mean, into mean, a... Uh, we could do a whole Heyman I, episode. I know. Which well, I would like. Can we do that one day? I was going to say, I mean, honestly, the more we talk about certain things, the more they become episodes that we're going to do in the future. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, let's 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 drop to number two. Um, what is your second... Uh, what is your number two match on this list? My number two is Austin versus HBK at King of the Ring 97. Ooh, I didn't. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Like it. Now you didn't. You didn't see that. No, comment. I didn't. I like it though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I went deep, man, with my yeah. list. It was hard. Okay. So this is an awesome match. Now this is seeing Austin before the the neck injury. Right. And this is HBK when he just came back from back surgery. So he was, you know, he was still pretty great. Yeah. He was just coming. He was shaking the ring rust off, and who better than to get in the ring with a prime time Austin? I know. And this is, they're both kind of faces. Austin's kind of a tweener here. Yeah. But they're both wrestling as heels. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> they both, they both knock out the refs. Yeah. I remember Sean this. Hits, Sean hits sweet shit music on the ref and then Austin stuns a ref. I mean, it was like the double thing. But in the ring, man, these guys were top notch. And this is when they were doing the, the tag team run together. Oh, that's right. So they're feuding, they're feuding and they're tag team champions. I forgot you never about really. That. It's it's amazing, like the the shit they were doing. No, I mean you look back and uh, again, even their match at WrestleMania 14. I've watched that match a couple times, and every time I go back and watch it, I find more things that I love about that match. I love that match. Everybody shits on it. I love it. I, and here's my thing: if you hate that match, I want you to ask yourself, why do you really hate this match? Because if you think about it, Shawn Michaels is wrestling this match super injured. I mean, super injured, and he is helping to elevate a literally a rising star in Stone Cold Steve Austin, and he did a hell of a fucking job, a hell of a job. I mean, dude, he hit that flying uh, the one of the best elbow drops I've ever seen at rest at that WrestleMania. I, the oh. only thing I will say is I hated his hair, the braids in the hair. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like that. I didn't like his look at the time. I I didn't like heel Shawn Michaels. I love heel Shawn Michaels. I have no problem with that. I did, I I, hate, I hated his long winded promos. They were so boring. Mm. I hate. I love. Here's what I loved in that build. Good. So he's doing those. He's doing those long winded promos, and he, I know he's trying to get underneath your skin, and it's working because yeah. it really bothered me. He's doing the. <laughs> he's doing the Triple H before Triple H. Yes, absolutely. So he, he's the. He's the precursor to the game, right? Mm-hmm. At this time, he's doing the long winded promos, and it's fucking. I'm like Sean, just get to the point. I loved when Austin would cut him off. Come out, and he would just kind of steal the spotlight from him. Yeah, because Austin at this time, even before he won the title, is number one in, in in the industry, in my opinion. Yeah, from from SummerSlam of '97 to that time, to me, he's the best. Yeah, agreed, hands down. Uh, so, uh, but this build f- for this was genius. Two face guys going at it, and you don't know who to cheer for because I love them both. Yeah. And they're tag team champions, <laughs> and they're going against the Hart <laughs> Foundation, who I hated. Oh, so I'm like, yeah. I love them, but seeing them go at it the way they did is is excellent. Great build. Yeah. Amazing build for this. Absolutely. All right. My number two match, and this is also going to be a little oddball one for a number two slot, but I'm telling you, man, if you haven't seen this match, please go watch it. May 31st, 2001. Literally in the prime of Austin's heel run, and I'll explain what also lends so well to this match. Chris Jer- um, Chris, Jer- Chris Benoit versus Stone Cold Steve Austin on SmackDown. Oh, great. And let me tell you something. When Stone Cold turned heel, we've talked about it multiple times. It sucked ass. 
But what it did give us was his ability to work with guys he would have never worked with before. And some of those guys, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, as you see here, Chris, uh, Kurt Angle. Granted, he was working with Kurt Angle, but I'm saying in a different manner. And we talked about the Kurt Angle match at oh, SummerSlam of this year. But this match with Chris Benoit is literally one of the bright spots of Stone Cold's terrible heel run. And putting him in the ring with such a mat technician, it it literally reminded me of the match with Ricky Steamboat. Not in the sense that Stone Cold was wrestling the mat wrestle, but tr what Benoit was really giving it to him and kind of carrying this match almost a little bit. But Stone Cold was really, like you said, battling that or wrestling that 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 brutal heel and just really couldn't just get out on top of the match. You look uh, like you have something to say. Well, I was oh. going to let you finish. I'm good. But uh, I was going to say, uh, I got to correct you a little bit. What? <laughs> because all the guys that he wrestled as a heel, he wrestled them as a face. Like, he wrestled Kurt Angle at least 10 times. No, no, no and I used Kurt Angle, and I, I corrected myself. But I'm saying, as Chris, a heel. He worked for Chris Benoit. Not before they, this. They, yes, he did. They had a they had an I Quit match. And the rule was, they had I think they had two matches. They had an I Quit match, and then they had another match where it was Chris Benoit challenged him to a wrestling match. So Austin couldn't brawl. Okay. No punching, no kicking. Well, this and is when Austin was, was face? This is when he was face. This is 2000. So in 2000, 2000. When, Austin, okay. so when, when Austin came back from neck surgery, he handpicked all these guys. He picked Eddie Guerrero, okay. Chris Jericho, Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit, because Austin also sees that these guys right. are probably the best in the industry. But Basically, the all thing. these guys coming in from WCW, essentially. Right. right. But Austin, the problem when he's a face... They don't really get the shine, right? Because Austin is the dominant one. Of course, he yeah. gets the comeback, he gets the stunner, he gets all this shit. When he's a heel, he gets, he gets to gets, elevate them. They get to yeah. get elevated. They get to shine. They get to do the ten suplexes on Austin in a row, which right. I thought was insane. Yes, you know what I mean. And I thought, I mean, he had Austin beat in this match. That, that's what I'm saying. Like if you go yeah. back and watch it, and you know, we were talking about it with the Kurt Angle match. As much as Austin was trying to just basically dominate the match, he couldn't get out on top of Benoit. But, yeah, I mean, like I said, I still personally think that Chris Benoit is up there as far as one of the best of all time. And I think he really held his own against Stone Cold Steve Austin, who, again, is, again, one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest of all time. I mean, all those guys. I thought the whole Radical crew was great. Well, I mean, listen, I, I'll give you Eddie and Benoit. I still think that Perry Saturn and uh, Dean Malenko were severely underutilized. Because I love... Dean and Perry Saturn in the right. ring. That's what we were talking about, Dean well, and Perry. The problem, the problem with them is they don't have – Dean Malenko didn't have the personality to really, like, blow up like he did. Right. His promos are, I mean, dude, boring as you can get. I know. Uh, same thing with Lance Storm. He's, like, one of those guys that they're so great in the ring. Yeah. But they don't have the – that, that, and it's funny because everybody always talks about the it factor when it comes to being in the right. WWE. But I feel like you need that it factor. No matter, you're not gonna succeed in AEW without that it factor. MJF is succeeding in AEW because he's amazing in the ring. And guess what? He can cut the best promo in the business right now. You can't get to places in the pro wrestling industry without all of it. And Bret Hart kind of skated by with having subpar promos because his in ring ability was above, like above excellent. That's why people like Bret Hart. Uh, are able to get where they got to without having promo skills. Same with Benoit. Right.
I was going to say Benoit's promo skills, garbage. But Benoit's in-ring ability, above excellent, without a doubt. Yeah. All right. See, none of them were Kurt. No. Kurt no. had it all. You know I was going to say, Kurt literally is probably the only guy I can think of that is about as A-plus in every single category, without a doubt. All right. What's your number one match? My number one match, and this is going to be a doozy. I'm listening. <laughs> I'm listening. I'm excited. Austin first Brett at Revenge of the Taker 97. You love this pay-per-view. I fucking love this pay-per-view. You have three matches from 97 in this list. I do. I, 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 I'm i telling you, 97, I think, was my, might be my favorite year in wrestling. I have two matches from 97. I'm about to get into my second. No, I have, I have only t- only two matches from 97 on mine. Oh, yeah? Yeah, only HBK and Austin and Brett and Austin. Oh, all right, my bad. So, it's, okay, so, so uh, before you go into your match, I'm sorry, and I'm obviously I'm going to let you say your thing. We have four matches from 97 on, on our respective lists. Lists, wow, that was bad. Lists, but they're four different matches from 97. 97 was an amazing that year. That was an amazing man. year. All right, go ahead. Dude, I'm sorry. Your, so, uh, your Brett match. I love this match because they both are showcased beautifully in this match. You know what I mean? Austin takes a beating in the early going, mm-hmm. but then he comes back and he beats the shit out of Bret Hart in this match. And they're still working that double turn from WrestleMania. Right, right. So Austin's kind of getting cheered, but he's also getting booed. And Bret's, you know, in the middle here. I mean, just really great stuff in this match. I mean, and Austin finally gets a win over Bret. It was a DQ finish. I know. But you know what? At least he got. At least he finally got something over Bret because. How many times is Austin going to put Brett over? I mean, <laughs> and so here's the thing. Brett, Lu- uh, Brett beats Austin at Survivor Series. Obviously, we all know that. Such a great match. I'm actually surprised it was on neither of our lists, but I'm okay with that too because some of these matches are, to me, above and beyond that match. But he comes back, as we know, and he faces Stone Cold. Stone Cold's on his like rise up also. Beats Stone Cold. It doesn't affect Stone Cold, though, because guess what? They have that whole 97 run. You have WrestleMania 13 now. And Stone uh, Bret Hart, again, beats Stone Cold Steve Austin. But guess what? Guess who it does more for? It does more for Stone Cold to lose that match. 100%. Uh, that, that feud they had after Survivor Series, Austin was more like a thorn on the side of Bret's ass. I know, and, and I loved and, it. And, yeah, he would not stop. He, he screws him at Royal Rumble. He screws him at the Final Four. He screws him out of the title against Sid on Raw, I believe. Yep. And it's just like he just won't stop fucking with the guy. No. And... And uh, WrestleMania, they put on that amazing match, and uh, Austin never taps out. Uh, iconic, mm-hmm. and then that, but that this match is where they really go at it. No, absolutely, and they nobody they... ever talks about it. But I'm I not going to lie. I mean, I wouldn't have thought to put it on my list, and I'm extremely happy and satisfied that you did. And knowing how much of a Austin aficionado you are, I'm extremely in love with your list. Absolutely love it. I thought I made a pretty solid list. I mean. Uh, it was really hard. <laughs> Believe yes. me. I'm not going to lie. I, I think that what you have on paper right now is probably the best list that you can uh, like basically accumulate for a top five list non-WrestleMania matches for Stone Cold Steve Austin. Now, we talked about it. My number one match, We've just you just brought it up actually. 1997 was an amazing year for Stone Cold. What started that year for Stone Cold Steve Austin? Royal Rumble 1997. I know it's a little oddball to have in a list like this in general, and especially at number one, but guys, Stone Cold essentially mimicked what Flair did five years prior. If I mean, granted, not in the grand scheme of things, but Stone Cold came out at number five, okay? 
it's a single digit number in the Royal Rumble. That's not a spot you want to be in, first of all. And obviously we know how, you know, people have done it at number one, yada, yada, yada. But this match made Stone Cold. And when he came in at number five, he spent 45 minutes in this match and he eliminated 10 people. At that time, that was a record by eliminating 10 people in a Royal Rumble. Um, the, the watch moment with Bret Hart after he had eliminated everybody and he's in the ring by himself. He's doing push-ups in the ring. Then he gets up on the top rope. He looks at his fucking wrist. And then all of a sudden you hear the Hitman's music. And he's just like, the, the hands on his head. I love that, that. Like that scene right there. Still, I love that part, right? So much. Um, he still won the match, but he was eliminated. Nobody's ever done that before and still hasn't to this day. <laughs> it's so iconic. It's an iconic Royal Rumble, too. It's such a great... Honestly, it's probably... It's my second favorite Royal Rumble behind 92. Because 92, again, just has a place in my heart. It's my favorite Royal Rumble of all time. This is, without a doubt, number two. It, it, it holds up. It still holds water. I still go back and I watch that Rumble, and I still love everything about it. Because, again, you get that, that stone-cold rub from the beginning all the way to the end of the match. He had an awesome entrance at this Rumble, too. All right. Thanks. All right, so again, that's our top five Stone Cold WrestleMania match. I feel like I have to keep throwing that in because people would be like, if I don't keep saying it, people would be like, well, what about this match with, with The Rock at WrestleMania 15? Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I don't even know if those matches would have topped my list anyway. Um, Bret Hart would definitely be on your WrestleMania 13, without a doubt. It's, it's an excellent match. I love it. You don't but think it would be in your top five? It'd be in my top five, wouldn't be number one. No, 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 I'm not saying number one, but I'm saying definitely be in this top five. A couple, I mean, WrestleMania 19 would probably be my number five match. Because, I, and I know as much as we talk about WrestleMania 17, as much as a great match that was, I go back, I just went back and I watched WrestleMania 19. That's such a good fucking match. All right. Guys, this was our Stone Cold Steve Austin 316-day special. Keep an eye out for another special episode coming out also this week. Um, and again, guys, thank you for listening. I'm Mike. I'm Mark. And even though we're good friends, we're better at See you later, guys. Two. What? What podcast is this? Good friends. What? Better. But? You guys are enemies? <laughs> but you're friends? What do you guys do? You argue? And then hug. <laughs> oh my god. Guys, welcome to the most must-see podcast of all time. Welcome to Good Friends. That's your cute fuck face. Let's try let's try this. Let's hold on. I just I rewound the tape. Did you hear yeah, that? Can you actually can you actually cut it and not put it in the fucking show? No, now because you asked me to, even what you just said is going into the show. You just fucked up, dude. <laughs> If you like your editing sucks. <laughs> you fuck off. You have no idea what it takes to edit. You don't edit anything. Did you? Okay. You have me in here farting and burping and doing all that crazy shit that I do. I know. I got to show the people what you do. Sorry. I'm sorry, people. It's Saturday. It's we fucking early. We, ju we just woke up. <laughs> we just woke up. We wanted to do this. All right. Let's, let's run it back. Right. Let's run it back and try this again. You ready? Don't leave the shit in. I'm leaving I don't want her. It. I don't want her shoveling gravel. <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna shovel gravel. Yeah. You. Mark's like, what's she shoveling gravel? <laughs> <laughs>